This week is Parsha Selech And in this week's Parsha, there is a very special mitzvah that appears for the first time. In chapter 17, the first 10 or so verses, the Almighty tells Abraham to do the bris milah, to do the circumcision. Now, this mitzvah is significant for several reasons. First of all, well, it's the first mitzvah given to Abraham. Prior, all we have is what's called the Noahide laws, laws laws that are not limited to Abraham and Abraham's descendants, but are universal. They're given to Noah. They're given to all of humanity. This mitzvah is the first mitzvah that's given specifically to the Jews. Of course, there's going to be many, many more throughout the Torah, but only Abraham and his descendants are commanded to do their circumcision. So that's, of course, noteworthy. Uh, Moreover, it's the first mitzvah done to a child. It's the initiation into the nation. Uh, Only later on does a child start doing other mitzvahs. It's the sort of the characteristic attribute of our nation. Later on in Genesis, we're going to meet Jacob and his sons. And there's going to be an episode where the leader of the city of Shechem wants to marry the daughter of Jacob. And the sons of Jacob come and tell him, well, we can't intermarry with you because you're uncircumcised and we're circumcised. And indeed, in many other Jewish sources, Jews are classified as being circumcised and non-Jews are being classified as not circumcised, uncircumcised. And also, in this mitzvah, it's interesting, throughout Jewish history has been banned many, many times. In the second century before the Common Era, Antiochus, he banned it and that contributed in part to the Hasmonean Rebellion and the story of Hanukkah. In the second century of the Common Era, the Emperor Hadrian, he too banned it, which led to the revolt of Bar Kokhba, in part. And even the Soviet Union in the most recent century, it was prohibited. Uh, and even today, I would say, that's still being attacked, it's still being misrepresented as being barbaric. There's various attempts to, to ban it. There's something about this mitzvah that is emblematic of our nation and is a flashpoint between us and our enemies. So, so what's so special about this mitzvah? If you think about it, it's, it's a minor surgery. You don't even need, the, the Mohel traditionally wasn't even trained as a physician. You know, we know today that it makes a man less susceptible to various diseases. But obviously, it's got to be something, there's something more. What's, what's the deeper meaning behind this mitzvah? So there's a Talmud in the book of Nidharm. The book of Nidharm deals with the laws of vows. But on page 32, there's a whole discussion about this mitzvah. I want to read to you some of the citations from this Talmud. So the first teaching is uh, Tanya Rabbi Omer, Rabbi Judah the Prince, he said, Gedola Mila, this mitzvah of brismi, this mitzvah of circumcision is great. You don't have anyone who was as committed to fulfilling the mitzvahs like Abraham. However, he was not called perfect only with respect to the, to the mitzvah of bris milah. And it quotes the verse, chapter 17, verse 1, of this is parasha, Hishalech lefanai samim. God tells Abraham, by doing the mitzvah of bris milah, you should walk before me and be perfect. Which seems to imply that prior to the mitzvah of bris milah, Abraham was imperfect, and the mitzvah of bris milah made him perfect. And even though Abraham, he did mitzvahs more than anyone else, 
Still, he was not perfect before until doing the mitzvah of bris milah. So I think there's a few important points here to, to, to flesh out. So it seems like there's a, a contradictory statement. It's talking about Abraham. Abraham was so perfect. He did so many mitzvahs. Yet, the verse says that he was imperfect until he did the bris milah. So which what was he perfect or was he imperfect? It seems that there's conflicting positions on that issue. Uh, moreover, in which area, which arena was Abraham perfect and where was he imperfect? Where did this imperfection lie that the bris meal is coming to fix? And once we understand where he was imperfect and what, in what area his imperfection was, we have to ask, why? Why does that render someone imperfect? And moreover, why did Abraham, who, like we said, he did mitzvahs more than anyone else, why did he not address this imperfection? There's a few thoughts to think about. Let's, let's continue on to the continuation of that said Talmud in the book of Nadarim. Uh, Davar Achar continues the Talmud. Gedola Mila, Mila, the bris Mila, the circumcision mitzvah, is great. Sheshkula keneged kol Shabbat Torah. It's equal to all the mitzvahs in the Torah. If you were to take all 613 mitzvahs, and put it on one side of the scale, and you take the brismila, this one mitzvah, and put it on the other side of the scale, they're equal. Now, of course, they're not equal in absolute terms because all the mitzvahs include brismila as well. But what this means is, and there's a few mitzvahs upon which this classification is given, what this means is that there's something about this mitzvah that represents the goal of all mitzvahs. And we could say quite simply, here we see Abraham became perfect with this mitzvah, Maybe the goal of all mitzvos is that someone becomes perfect. But what specifically what is this perfection that Brismila represents? And why did Abraham not do it? And finally, the Talmud concludes with uh, another statement. Amar of Yudam Rav, Rabbi Huda said in the name of Rav. When the Almighty told Abraham, his halech in verse 1 of chapter Seventeen, walk before me and be perfect. Abraham got all shaken up. He he was terrified, and he said, "Wait a minute, I've been working so hard to achieve my perfection. Maybe there's some blemish that I have. Maybe there's some aspect of my character that's not perfect." Once the Almighty tells him, "I will give you this bris, this covenant between me and you," then he relaxed. So let's try to understand this mitzvah what it stands for, and why it could be aptly presented as a stand-in for all the mitzvahs. So the first point, I think, to establish is that the mitzvah is much grander than the minor surgery. You think about the words of the verse. His Walk before me and be perfect. Perfect your relationship with God. Walk before me and perfect your own Self, observe this mitzvah, bris milah, as Rashi says, and then you will be perfect. So long as you have the foreskin, you are blemished. Clearly, when the verse utilizes the phrase, his halech lefani, walk before me. It's similar to other verses, the halachta bidrach of walk in the ways of God. No one would suggest that the verse that tells us walk in the ways of God is something you do once and that's it. So similarly, we cannot conceive, we cannot accept the notion that when it says 
walked before me with regards to this particular mitzvah, it's referring to something that happens once and then is never taught or addressed in any other way. Clearly, this mitzvah represents an ideal that is applicable to all of life and indeed to all of Torah. So a common question that people ask is, if this is such an important mitzvah, why is it only applicable to men? And here's the answer. The act is applicable to men, but the ideal is applicable to everyone. And therefore, it's important for us to understand the deeper meaning behind it and to not view it simply as a ceremonial surgery that takes, uh, you know, 10 seconds and that's it. Obviously, that's not what, what, it, what it really stands for. So to under, understand this mitzvah, let's go back to mitzvahs in general. We know the Midrash tells us that mitzvahs were given for us to purify ourselves, to, for us to achieve perfection. But we know that man is a hybrid. We, we have a body, we have a soul. Which of these two are mitzvahs addressing? So simply we'd say, we, this is what we're trained to think, is that mitzvahs, well, they're spiritual. And the soul, well, it's spiritual. So perhaps the holiness, the purity, the perfection that we're trying to achieve with our mitzvahs are oriented to the soul. But that's a mistake. The true answer is, is that mitzvahs are about perfecting what is mundane, the body of transforming what was previously unholy into being holy. It's Yes, it's utilizing the power of the soul, but using it to influence and transform the body. This is not something we're used to thinking about, but I think there's other paradigms to explain it. So let's try to understand this same idea from a different perspective. Traditionally, we say that there's two worlds. The Jewish people, well, well, there's many, many worlds, but there's two realms. There's the spiritual realm, and then there's a physical realm. Like we talk about Olam Haba, this next world. It's a spiritual world. It's where our origins lie. The origins of our soul are from the spiritual world, and it's our destination. But currently, we're in the physical world. But there's two worlds that run parallel to each other. Our body comes from the physical world, from the earth. Our soul comes from the heavens. In which of these two worlds is Torah? So we read in the end of Deuteronomy, the Torah is not in the heavens. It's in this world. What that is, what that means is that the Torah is not the spiritual world. The Torah comes from the spiritual world, but it's brought to the physical world. It's brought here to fix this broken world. We talk about tikkun olam, fits in the world, which is a tagline that it can be applied to the Jewish life perspective. It's about Torah. Torah is there for tikkun olam, fits in the world, which implies the world's broken. Well, which world is broken? It's our world that's broken. The spiritual world, well, that's, by by definition, it's not broken. And similarly, we're told that man is a small world, olam katan. And just like in the big world, there's two elements. There's the spiritual world, the spiritual realms, and there's the physical realms. And Torah is there to fix the physical world that's broken. In our mini world, in, in ourselves, we too have a body and a soul, which parallels the spiritual world and the physical world. And just like Torah is in this world to fix this world, Torah and mitzvahs are there to fix and, and the body. Now, to, to be clear, 
our soul can get impacted and sullied and need to be fixed as well. But as a general rule, if you were to say, what is the goal of Torah? What's the point of mitzvahs? What's the perfection that mitzvahs engender? It, the arena in which it operates is the body. Now, Abraham, of course, knew that. And indeed, the Talmud testified that there was no one who worked harder in mitzvahs than he did. And it's a big question. Wait a minute. How is he still imperfect? But the Bible tells him, no, you still are imperfect. There has to be, in this world, in this body, in the physical realm, there has to be something tangible and palpable that actually manifests itself physically to represent this bind between man and God in the physical world and underscore the bilateral relationship that Hashem is our God and we will be his people. Yes, Abraham achieved all the perfection, but Abraham did not have a physical sign to actually take the ideal and to, of course, Abraham knew that it was to perfect his body, but to to take it a step further and say, not only that, we're going to make a monument in the physical realm of this ideal. And thus, the mitzvah of bris milah, yes, of course, it's, it's a minor surgery that happens once, and that's it, of course. But what does it represent? It represents perfecting the physical, uplifting the physical, of making a bind and a sign for God in the world that is still corrupted, in the world that demands fixing. And if you think a lot of the ideas, think about a lot of the ideas that, that, that are discussed with regards to this mitzvah, it, it dovetails really nicely with this central point. So first of all, people claim that uh, circumcision is mutilation. The Almighty gave us a perfect body, why would we change it? And we say no. The Almighty gave us an imperfect body, an imperfect world, and thus we have we have to apply the principles of the Quran to fix it. Similarly, in the exact same way, the body is the small world, the physical world that needs fixing, just like the big world needs fixing. It's insane for us to say, well, if everything's perfect, everything's not perfect. If everything was perfect, we wouldn't need to exist. The whole reason why we exist is because we're not perfect and we need to perfect ourselves. And how do we do that? Well, the Almighty gives us mitzvos. And thus, this mitzvah of Rismila really captures an ideal that applies by mitzvos in general. The Ramban in chapter 17 of our Parsha, he too says that if you look at the exact location where this mitzvah lies, it is in the epicenter of where lust and sin reside in man. And specifically, says the Rabban, the reason why the Almighty told us to do a mitzvah there is because there is the nexus of the challenge that we face. In this organ lies the conflict of life and the the duality or, or the tension between the spiritual and the physical realm. If you think about it, which organ in man has the most diametrically polarized use cases? On one hand, what is the one thing that could grant us eternity? It's the fact that we can procreate. No matter what the advances in science are, it's unlikely that people will live for more than 200 years or even 500. Maybe we could advance. 
But eventually, we're going to die. Humans die. That's the condition. Even Adam lived 900 years, but he still died. So in this world, can we have eternity? Can we live on forever? Personally, we can't. But if we procreate using this organ, we can achieve eternity because we have children, those children have children, and our DNA, so to speak, our physical life lives on. And that's the most polarized side of, of, of accomplishment that we could use with this organ. On the other hand, it could be a tool for depravity, a tool for losing our being created in the image of God. And thus, really, the, the, the power that we could mobilize and galvanize in this world to take the physical world and give it a spiritual quality to it only spiritual things could be eternal. It could have eternal consequences. We think, typically, we think of the soul as living forever, not the body. Yet here we see this idea that the body too could live forever. The body too can be uplifted to the spiritual plane, to the spiritual realm, and thus it's the most appropriate to capture this mitzvah, of course, in the physical world because it represents the idea of mitzvahs in general. But specifically in this area of the physical world, which really sharpens the contrast between the options uh, before us. And there's many more examples of teachings with respect to this mitzvah that underscore this ideal. I'll give you another example. In the Talmud, and also brought down in the Midrash, there is a statement that tells us that Abraham... He sits at the entrance of Gehenna, at the entrance of hell, the gateways of hell. And whoever is circumcised, well, they, they're not allowed in. Abraham ensures that they won't be allowed in to Gehenna. If someone is such a prolific sinner, yet they're circumcised, so they have to artificially create a foreskin. They have to art- artificially take someone else's foreskin, slap it on him, and only then is he allowed into Gehenna. What this means is, is that perfection, which is achieved through mitzvos, perfection of the body, which is achieved through mitzvos, which is the goal of our life, that if someone doesn't accomplish that, then they need perfection in other means. So if you think about it, perhaps we can analogize our life here as uh, we're gold, but gold sometimes needs to be refined and needs to be perfected. How do you perfect gold? you got to remove or cleanse all the imperfections. So we have a, a soul. The soul's gold. But the soul is a little bit sully because now it's been merged with the body. So we need to purify and remove and upgrade and cleanse those elements that are imperfect. So we have mitzvahs to perfect our body. Well, what if someone does not perfect it in that way? In that manner, they don't use mitzvahs to perfect their body, and therefore their soul, the gold, is still imperfect. Well, they need to go to Gehenna, which is the other way that this gets perfected. That is the crucible that cleanses the gold in a more difficult way, but the gold will be cleansed. Well, if someone upholds the ideals of the bris milah, Abraham's going to say this person doesn't need to go into heaven. Not that they, not that, not that they don't deserve it. They don't need it because they have achieved perfection. 
And thus Abraham will say, wait a minute, this person has a brismila. Not that they physically are circumcised. That's not the point. The point is, is that they are upholding this ideal, this paradigm of what the brismila represents to perfect their body and thus achieve harmony, body and soul. There's only pure gold. You don't need to be purified any other way. And lastly, there's another, another interpretation of this mitzvah, which again does follow this line of reasoning and that is revealing the crown. Part there's two aspects of the of the mitzvah of bris milah. There's number one, actually removal of the foreskin, and number two, it's peeling back the skin and revealing the crown. And this, I say, just tell us this again is emblematic of what the role is in this world. It's that our physical body, our physical world, the part of the world that's imperfect. There is dormant perfection in it. It's just concealed. The reason why this world is imperfect is because God is not evident. But it, that does, that's not to suggest that God is not there. It's just God's not evident. The crown of God, so to speak, is there. It just needs to be revealed by removing those things that are inhibiting it. Similarly, with, with the body and with this broken world, it's not that we're introducing holiness where holiness wasn't present. It is we're unearthing the holiness that's dormant, that's latent, that's there, but needs to be revealed. Again, the same idea of what this mitzvah represents. Indeed, with this first mitzvah, it's the, it's the beginning. It's, 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 there's a lot of symbolism in it. But this, indeed, I think is very instructive, very powerful lesson for us to take with us in this, this week, really, as we're about to start our journey again throughout throughout the Torah, we have to keep in mind of what the objective is. The objective is to achieve perfection, to use the soul, to use the holiness, to use the Torah, to use the mitzvos to perfect the parts of us that are yet imperfect. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next week.